What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Next Level Freedom Church podcast. My name is Trenton Cruz. I'm the lead pastor of Next Level Freedom Church in Jackson, Missouri. If you're seeking a church family that can help you grow in your relationship with Christ, or maybe you just want to check us out online, be sure to check out our website, www.nextlevelfreedomchurch.com. I hope today's episode will inspire you and encourage you as you fulfill the destiny God has for your life and fulfill your divine purpose in God's master. Plan. Thanks for tuning and God bless. Hello, 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 everybody. I am excited tonight. I have just been excited all day for what God is going to do here tonight, and I don't know what that is. So I just know He's here, amen? And He's working, He's going to do something. Because that's how God is. You show up expecting, he's going to give you what you come expecting. So, first of all, thank you so much to uh, everybody tuning in online. I am Pastor Brett, the Associate Pastor here at Next Level Freedom Church. Thank you so much for uh, joining us online. We invite you to join us in person, 1225 Old Cape Road, Jackson, Missouri, Wednesdays at 7. And starting August 14th, we'll be here at 9 a.m. on Sunday morning. So, come on out and join us. So... With that said, we're going to go ahead and jump into it. Are y'all ready? Can you tell that I'm ready? I'm excited. I'm ready. Last week, so I went back and I listened to my sermon from last week and wanted to make sure that I'm staying on topic, staying on course, right? So last week we talked about growth and we talked about growing. Did anybody put any thought into that this week? A little bit? Yeah? Okay. I mean, I tried to, I put some in myself because I told you last week that you know, if I'm preaching, I'm preaching about me, right? I'm not taking notes on you guys. God's given me a book, uh, you know, uh, well, you know, the old dictionaries and encyclopedias on myself, you know, all the things that I need to get straightened out in my life. But So last week we talked about growth. Uh, once we reach a certain point in that growth, we got to begin to do what? Pursue. That's what we're going to talk about tonight is pursuing God and what that's going to look like and there's lots of ways that we get to pursue God. You know, we uh, have Bible time, right? I'm guilty of not having as much Bible time as I should. But Bible time is a good one. Prayer, fellowship, which is one of my favorites, because a lot of people overlook fellowship. And I was one of those I used to do that. And the sermon was over. I knew that if I didn't run to the back doors, I'd never get my wife out of the church. And now she's always the one saying, honey, are you ready to go yet? So I kind of, God, God began to show me some things, the fellowship and the talking to people. Because I only get to see you guys once or twice a week. And I want to know what's going on. And I want to talk to you and interact with you. And so that's one of the favorite times that I have. And it's also a way that we can pursue God because fellowship with one another builds us, right? As we work together. Uh, reading, good Christian books, and so on. Today we're going to talk about why we must pursue God. It's not one of those things that we can just maybe do. If we're growing, we're going to want to pursue after God. It's not, like I said, it's not something that we can maybe just do. We have to do it. And we're going to talk about all of the reasons tonight why we have to pursue God. Why we have to look and say, God, what is it that you have for me? What is it that you want me to do? God, I want to know you more. So here's how I put kind of likened this okay what happens when two people a guy and a girl meet each other right and they kind of look into each other's eyes and they're like "Ooh, she party oh he's handsome 
And next thing you know, phone number gets exchanged, right? Phone calls are made. Things like that start happening. You find yourself realizing, I kind of like her. She's pretty. I kind of like hanging out with her. So you start to hang out, right? And you get to know their likes and their dislikes. And you start comparing your likes and dislikes to their likes and dislikes. Amen? Seeing, are we on the same page with what we believe and what we think? They try to find ways to get together with each other and to hang out, right? Am I the only one? I see a few heads nodding. Okay, this is what we do as boyfriend and girlfriend. But you also do that with friends, too. You know, just people that you interact with, people that you're going to hang out with. So you do it with them as well. But the point of it is, is you begin to pursue each other. And I already need this. So I'm just going to leave it open here. And it is tea. In case Pam was wondering. (laughs) You got on me one time for my lemon water up here. I was watching that sermon today. (laughs) So basically they begin to pursue each other. That's what they do. So this is what we need to do with God. What did all we just talk about? You need to spend time with God so that he can tell you what he likes and what he dislikes. The things that we're doing wrong, the things that we're doing right. Um, Pursuing him, it means to go after him. Have you ever pursued anything in your life like a job or a boy or a girl? That's what it means is to go after it, to go after it relentlessly, to not give up, to get what you want at all costs. That's how we need to go after God, because that's how God came, that's how he comes after us, and we're going to get into that tonight as well. So we pursue a lot of things in life, don't we? And we pursue a lot of things relentlessly. We're supposed to pursue God that way, but we pursue everything else relentlessly. You don't believe me? How about money? We pursue money relentlessly. You know why? Because you got to have a certain amount of money to live. Now, here comes the problem is you pursue it to the point where now you're chasing after it constantly that it consumes you, doesn't it? You need more money. And once you get that money, you got to have more money. And once you get it, now I got to spend the money. So I'm just going to make more money anyway. I tell you what, I'll just get a credit card because now I'm making money. I can pay off the credit card. That's the worst way to think. You know what? I thought that way. And I have corrected my ways. Amen. (laughs) But we pursue money relentlessly. Sometimes we pursue pursue love relentlessly. We pursue uh, companionship because nobody likes to be alone. Now, me personally, I like a little alone time, and that drives my wife nuts because she grew up in a big family, and she likes to be around somebody constantly. Me? Give me an hour, just one hour (laughs) is all I want, right? I like to be alone for a little bit because I grew up by myself. I grew up, I stayed home by myself during the summers. I was constantly by myself. But anyway, we pursue companionship. And dare I say, we even pursue after sin. And we don't want to. You see, that's where the flesh nature comes in, right? We know what's right, right? We know what's right. We know what to do. But yet we pursue after the wrong things anyway. So we're spending all of this time pursuing after the ways of the world. How much time are we spending pursuing God? So I found this online. It says, to pursue God is to wake up every day eager to dig in. Well, I get up at 4 o'clock, and I'm lucky just to get the shower nozzle or knobs <laughs> turned, right? And I don't always wake up eager 
to serve God. I don't. It takes me about three or four hours to realize where I'm even at. Half time I'm at work trying to figure out what's going on because I'm not a morning person. But it says to pursue God is to wake up every day eager to dig in. It is to be filled to the brim with God's love and presence and still want more. To commit your entire life to knowing him. That doesn't describe me. Mm. I hope that describes you. You. But I'm, just, I'm, I'm an honest guy. That doesn't describe me. And I wish it did. But that tells me a couple of things about myself. Number one, I got to dig in. I got to try harder. Number two, here's what it tells me. The fact that I read that and it hurt tells me I'm okay. God's speaking to us. He's saying, hey, I know, man, I got you. I was human once. Right? I know he, I was there once. I came to earth for you. I died for you. I, I understand what you're going through. See, he doesn't just cast us away because we, because we mess up. He doesn't just cast us away because we don't have everything figured out the way that we should. He doesn't just not let people step into their gifts all the time because they haven't got everything figured out. Because here's the thing. Not everybody's got everything figured out. That's why I'm standing here before you as a pastor preaching a sermon telling you that, hey, I don't dig in like I should, and God's beginning to show me some things about myself. And, you know, I have no problem telling you that I'm not perfect because I'm hoping that my problems will help you. And to show you that, hey, God's telling me I got problems and I'm working on them. So now you know that your pastors are working on things just like you're working on things so we can work on them together. But the only way you're going to do it is if you pursue God. You're never going to get the things fixed. You're never going to dig in unless you're ready to pursue God. Now, I got some scriptures we're going to talk about tonight. As we grow, we need to be seeking the things of God more and more. Let's look at Colossians chapter 3, 1, and six, 1 through 6. Got dry mouth tonight, guys. I'm sorry. If then you being... If, if then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you, will, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil, des evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. See, it's that last line I don't like. Because the Bible is real, amen? God's word is real. He's the truth and every man's a liar. His word is true. That last line is scary. Whew. This verse tells us that if we are in Jesus and seek him, are you seeking him? Answer, ask yourself that question tonight and answer that question tonight before you walk out of here because that's how serious this is. Because we've gone through a growth process. Or we're in a growth process. 
or you're getting ready to start a growth process. And after that growth and even during that growth is going to come a time when you've got to pursue God and say, God, okay, I've come through this and I've learned these things and I've learned this new gift. How do I use it? The only way you're going to figure that out is by pursuing him and asking him what he wants you to do with it. You can't sit by and sit on it. These pews are comfy. They're not, they're here, they're comfortable so you can get set in there real good. You can get nice and comfortable and you can listen to the words that are spoken from up here and take it with you. Because if you got an uncomfortable chair, you're going to be squirming the whole time and you're not listening. Because I've been there and I'll tell on myself again. (laughs) But it's the truth. Look forward to the things of God, the blessings, the friendships, the moves of the Holy Spirit, the sermons, the worship. Set your thoughts on these things because to do so is to pursue after God. Set your mind on him. Set your mind on him. Guys, I fight every single day. I do. This thing right up here and these things have seen terrible things in this life. And it's hard to wash them away. It's hard. Set your mind on him. When you set your mind on the world, you get a worldly mindset. It's, that's as simple as that, really. You don't need a preacher to tell you that. When you focus on the world, you're going to live like the world. When you're walking in the world, you're walking among the world. You're part of them. They see you as they see themselves because you're no different than them if you're walking in there. If you got the mindset of it, then you can't have a godly mindset. There's a war within yourself, Christian, whenever you're looking at things that you shouldn't be looking at, you're doing things you shouldn't be doing, and yet you're going to church and you're trying to live a godly life. There's a war raging. You know what's right. Hey, I'm there. I've been there. It's a war every single day, and you got to fight. you got to pursue God. That'd be a good place for some kind of amen or preach on or something. You're going to make it hard on Pastor Brett tonight. The devil attacks my thoughts on a daily. Check this out. Satan can use, I got to read this. Satan can use, this is something God gave me. Satan can use your past life to create new thoughts in your new life to get you to reflect on your old life. He is using your past life to create new thoughts. Things you've seen in the past will create new scenarios in your mind. Come on. I won't read it one more time because I can't remember. (laughs) Satan can use your past life to create new thoughts in your new life to get you to reflect on your old life. Boy, that was a good thought. Here's a whole brand new scenario. Next thing you know, you're reflecting on the way things used to be and you find yourself going, man, that was fun. Because for that moment, you're back in the flesh. You walk right back into the flesh. You just all of a sudden, you just take your whole Christian walk and everything that you've done and you set it to the side for a moment and you walk right back 20, 10, five days ago, one year ago, 10, 20 years ago. You just set your Christianity to the side and you go back to where you used to be. And and then it's only God. Understand this. It's only God that is constantly pursuing you that brings you back. It's that Holy Spirit that lives inside of you. Thank God for the Holy Spirit and thank God for his conviction. The best feeling in the world and the worst feeling in the world. 
I'm glad it's there, but I don't like the way it feels. Isaiah 55, verse 6. Seek the Lord while he may be found. That's right now. Call upon him while he is near. Now is the time to seek him because, yeah, time's short, but time's not gone. Too many people are sitting around like we talked about last week. Time's short. I'm done. Rapture's getting ready to happen. I don't really care. God's going to take care of all them heathens anyway. You might be the heathen he's got to take care of because your mindset's wrong. I might be the heathen. I have spent the last two, three weeks, month, whatever it is, really working to get my mindset and my thoughts in order. Seeing the things that God's doing in our church, seeing the ways that he's beginning to move, and I'm like, man, I've got to get my stuff together. I'm not where God wants me. You might be having similar things for different reasons. God's working on you. Take hope in that. Take love and excitement in that and whatever it is. Take that. Don't be scared of what he's doing. Don't be scared because you're, God's chastising you a little bit and he's making you think about yourself and the Holy Spirit's working on you because with that comes growth. Because you are clearly pursuing God if he's putting you in a situation where now you can grow. Whew. Don't we see that he wants us? He wants you. He wants me. Psalm 119, verse 2. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with their whole heart. Also, verse 3. I don't know if Trenton put that one up there or not. I don't think I gave it to him. Who also do no wrong, but walk in his ways. How much of your heart are you using to seek him? I got a bunch of hmm. People thinking, heads are rattling out there. How much of you are you willing to give him? Well, you can't have the hours between this and this because that belongs to work, and I can do what I want at work. You can't, you can't have the hours from whenever I get home until I go to bed because that's, well, that's family time and that's TV time, and I got to stroll Facebook. Once I get down to Facebook, I got to check out Twitter and see if that guy's still buying it or not, which I don't think he is. But I got to look. I got to see what they're saying about it. And before you know it, guess what? It's time to go to bed. Anybody guilty? How much time do you want to give God? We split our time into sections, don't we? We do, because we have a thing called a clock. I have to watch the clock, so I know when to shut up and quit preaching. We split our times into sections. I've got morning, I get up. I've got work time. And then I've got home time. And then I've got sleep time. And somewhere in between that, I've got to have God time. Well, why can't I have God time at work? Well, I can't have some God time at work. But sometimes when you're at work, you're focused on something else. So your mind gets, I get it. You guys are not alone. I get it. I'm sure Pastor Trenton gets it. It's hard, but here is the thing, guys. You've got to pursue him. If you want to, if you want to know God, you want to experience God, you want to have a relationship with God, you've got to pursue him. You've got to dig into your word. You have to get into prayer, and you have to say, God, what do you want my life to be? God, what's my spiritual gift? God, what talents do I have? How can I be used for you? Are you asking God those things? 
future preachers, future teachers, future youth leaders, future whatever it is. Are you asking God, God, I want you to show me what my gift is, how you want to use me, and I want you to begin to exercise that in me, God. I guarantee you if you'll pray that to God and you will continue to pursue him, he's going to open doors for you to walk in. You know how I know that? Because I'm standing here before you tonight. God, use me. I prayed it for years. God, use me. God, use me. I want more. God, use me. I want more. God, use me. Finally, he finally opened up the door and said, all right, Brett. A prophet spoke it. You've been asking for more. Yep. (laughs) Exact words. He nailed it. Out there at the tent, Aaron Michael prophesied over me and said, you've been asking God for more, and God says, now you're going to get it. And boy, did I ever. Praise God. Okay. Uh, How much of, I said, how much of our heart are we using to seek him? How much are you willing to give him? You see, we got to realize he gave all of himself for you. He gave it for me. And we're we're splitting God up too much. We're we're, we're giving him the smallest section of our life. That's got to stop. He's got to have the biggest section. Every aspect of your life. God knows you have to live. He knows you have to work. He knows you have to discipline your kids and do all of that stuff. But in everything that you do, he should be at the forefront of it, teaching you how to handle the rest of it. And I am guilty of not doing that. It's a learning process for everybody. But he has got to be at the forefront of your life, period. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that one, period. We have to realize that God is in constant. Y'all know what constant means, right? It's nonstop. Constant. God is in constant pursuit of you. But you are not in constant pursuit of God. Thank God he never takes his eyes off of me. There's been a few times I wish he would have. But praise God he didn't. He is in constant pursuit of you. That's why when we sin, he's right there saying, hey, don't do that. You remember this one? Remember this one? Your kids smack right there on the hand. Remember? Yeah, I better get the cameras on. Better watch that. They'll get me for child abuse or something. <laughs> You smack their hand away from the cookie jar. Let's just say that, right? Smack their hand away from the cookie jar. But see, that's, that's how it is. God's saying, hey, psh, don't do that. And we pull our hand back and go, mm-mm, i do it anyway. And we go do it anyway. But see, that's that constant pursuit from God. He's always right there telling you, that's great, Brett. Good job. I'm proud of you. Keep it up. Ah, don't do that, man. That's, ah, he did it. Ah. All right. I love you. I love you, Brett. We're going to get him next time. We'll get it next time. And he's encouraging you. and He's comforting you because as soon as you did it, you know what happened? The best feeling in the world and the worst feeling in the world. The Holy Spirit stepped in. He's right there waiting for you. He's pursuing after you. I haven't even got to why we really have to pursue God yet. I'm trying, guys. Okay, I'll skip that part. Okay, so let's think about this honestly. I got to get I got to get moving here. Who do you run to when there's a problem? And now let's be honest. 
Who, who's the first place you run to when there's a problem? Now, let's be super honest. Let's think about this. It's kind of a trick question. Everybody's got answers. The first place we run to is ourselves. You ever tried to do something yourself? How did it work out for you? I will try five million times myself before I'll ever go to God. Almost every time. <laughs> every time. I'm not a quick learner. <laughs> not a quick learner. The point is this. We go, to, we, we go to ourselves to fix things instead of going to the problem solver, right? So who do, who do we run to? We're supposed to run to God. Truthfully, we run to ourselves because first place we go to is I can fix this. It's my problem. I'll fix it. I don't need any help. That's your first problem. You need all the help you can get. We always fail. God says, pursue me and look what I can do for you. Pursue me and watch what happens. Pursue yourself, fall flat on your face every time. Every single time. We must realize that the growth that we are going through or coming out of is because God was pursuing us. You didn't grow because you worked hard. That was part of it, but most of it was because God was pursuing after you, speaking into your heart, speaking those words into your mind, giving you new ideas, giving you revelation from the scriptures, and giving you ideas and bringing people in your path that can help you. That is why you are where you are right now. Amen, Pastor Brett. I'll take it. He caused the growth that he says, now pursue me and I will take you where you never thought you could go. That's the God that we serve. Not because we deserve it, but because he constantly pursues us and loves us. We need to be chasing after God. The faster we run to God, are you ready for this? This is a good one. The faster we run to God, the further away from the enemy we get. How fast are you running towards God? Because sometimes I feel like that devil's nipping at my heels. And it can do one of two things. It can make you slow down and get mad and turn around and, and then he's got you. Or it can make you run that much harder towards God. Exodus 14, 1 through 10. Oh, I got to get a drink before we do this, guys. All right. Then the Lord said to Moses, tell the people of Israel to turn back and encamp in front of that big word between Migdol and the sea in front of Belzaphon. You shall encamp facing it by the sea. There's a message in that, too, but we're not there tonight. For Pharaoh will say to the people of Israel, they are wandering in the land. The wilderness has shut them in. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart and he will pursue them. And I will get glory over Pharaoh and all his hosts. And the Egyptians, and the, hang on, I lost my spot. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord, and they did so. When the king of Egypt was told that the people had fled, the mind of Pharaoh and his servants was changed toward the people, and they said, What is this that we have done, that we have let Israel go from serving us? Changing their minds. So he made ready his chariot, and he took his army with him. And took 600 chosen chariots and all the other chariots of Egypt with officers over all of them. 
That's a lot of reading. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued the people of Israel while the people of Israel were going out defiantly. I like that. They were going out defiantly. Like they was they were hitting the road, Jack, right? The Egyptians pursued them. All Pharaoh's horses and chariots and his horsemen and his army and overtook them and camped them by the sea by Pilharoth in front of Bel Zephon. When Pharaoh drew near, the people of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them, and they feared greatly. And the people of Israel cried out to the Lord. Notice something here. Israel was free. They were being led by the Lord at that point. They were free. They marched out of Egypt, and Pharaoh had let them go. Some were defiant and they were crying about the circumstances throughout that whole process if you go and you read that whole thing what'd you do drag us out here to die the graves weren't good enough in Egypt and all that stuff right so you got that everywhere guys right they're all mixed in but yes they they were following God's plan and what happened the enemy pursued after him you are no different you can follow God's plan to the T, and it's going to make the devil mad, and he's going to pursue you that much harder. Well, man, it feels like it's a no-win situation. No, 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 it's not. Because here's the thing. If you're running after God, that enemy ain't never going to get you. It's never going to get you. Because God has always got your back. It's when you stop and you turn and you look to see what's chasing you. It's just like the, the Lot's wife, right, in the pillar of salt. She turned back around to see what was going on. Bam, pillar of salt. She was done. Anytime, if you're being chased by anything, the worst thing to do is to go, hmm? <laughs> keep going, right? Just keep going. Ah. The enemy was pursuing after them. He was going out to destroy the people to make them slaves of Egypt and get again, or in our case, the world. Because the enemy wants us to be slaves to the world system. Because if we're slaves to the world system, then he's got us. What's the world system? Sex, drugs, and alcohol? All of that stuff? Rock and roll and all, all of that stuff, right? That's the world system. The world system wants to drag you down. It wants to destroy you, and it wants to kill you. That's the world system. But God says, pursue me. See what I can do. I bet you there ain't a person in here right now that has not seen God coming after them in some way. Because you know why? You're here. You chose to be here. That means you've pursued God. And that means God has been working on your heart because he's been pursuing you. That's the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So they were going out to destroy Egypt. The enemy is constantly pursuing you. So you better be constantly pursuing God constantly coming after you so you better constantly be going after him because if we will god will open the seas and fight for you he will move mountains to protect you and to take care of you amen, amen. Ah, god will move mountains for you because he loves you he Come on, hey guys, he's coming after you. Anything in your life isn't a mistake. Honor, you showing up at my house was God moving mountains for you. It was. I can't tell you that whole story, but I can tell you that much of it. All of you guys have got a similar story. I know you do. Go read the rest of the chapter, guys. Go read the rest of that. 
the people are going to start complaining, oh, we should have stayed slaves and now we're going to die, yada, yada, yada. But I want you to see what God says in verse 15. The Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the people to go forward. I love it. Why are you crying? What you whining about? Haven't I proven to you? I got you. You're not even slaves anymore. You're not even in. You're leaving Egypt. And now you're crying because there's a sea block in the way. Now what are we going to do? He got you out of Egypt. You don't think he can move some water? He got you out of the worst place in your life. Don't you think he could take you on to the next level? Amen. You see how I worked that in there? God is taking each and every one of us to the next level right now. He is. All we have to do is pursue him. He's taking us to a place, guys, that we've never been. October something or other at that tent thing. God took me to the next level that night. I don't remember the exact dates. I went to the next level that night. I experienced something I never experienced before out there at that tent. Because I was actively pursuing him. He took me somewhere I'd never been. And that's y'all tonight. That's you. Christians, why are we worried? Why are we giving up? Why do we give in to fear? Yeah, the devil pursues us, but who cares? He is defeated. He's done. Let him, if he's going to nip at your heels, just keep running. Don't be like, I ain't running for nothing. Run towards God. You don't need to fight the battle. That's, that, that's it. You don't need to fight it. It's already been fought. It's already been won. God says, go forward. The devil's pursuing you, and God says, why are you crying? Go forward. You say, the devil knows my past. But God doesn't because he washed it clean. So why are you worried about what the devil knows about you? Because the one that created you, died for you, rose again for you, and saved you doesn't care about your past. He cares about your heart. That's what you get when you pursue God. Go forward. The struggle with pride, greed, lust, drugs, alcohol, fear, anxiety. Quite a few of those from which I've suffered in my life. God says go forward. When we pursue him, the struggles become as anthills, not mountains. You know what I used to do to anthills? I bet Zach does. It includes firecrackers. and <laughs> Anthills, guys, stomp on them and just keep moving. There ain't nothing they can do. He's turning your mountains into molehills. God says go forward. Yeah, you're facing life just like everyone else, and I'm done with this. But God says, pursue me, go forward, set your eyes to the one who paid your way through the problem. You've been through the time of growth. Now take what you've learned and pursue him. Why are you crying? Go forward. It's as simple as that. Stop crying. And understand what I'm saying. We can cry to God, right? But understand what I'm saying. God says you don't need to be crying about the way things were, the way things used to be. He's saying, come towards me. Tonight's the night. 
tonight is the night. Now, I've told on myself numerous times up here tonight. Praise God, I got no problem doing it. Because I don't care. I really don't. Because Exactly. <laughs> because God knows me. God works on me. And I struggle and I strive to be a better Christian, a better husband, a better dad, and a better pastor. I strive and I struggle every day. And I fail. But I pick myself up and I learn a lesson and I try it all over again the next day. And the same goes for anybody out there that's not a pastor, but you're a minister or maybe you're whatever you are, whatever your gift is that that, that God has given you. That's who you are. You're going to fail. Hate to tell you, but you're also going to win some. You're also going to grow. Pursue God. I'm going to end that tonight with our online audience. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in to Next Level Freedom Church. It is greatly appreciated. We just encourage you that if you don't know the Lord, ask him into your life. It's as simple as saying, Lord, please forgive me of my sins. I know I'm a sinner. I know that I have failed you. Lord, I recognize what you've done for me, dying on the cross and raising to give me life. Please come into my heart in Jesus' name. Amen. It's as simple as that. It's between you and God. It's nothing that I said. It's you accepting Jesus into your heart. All right, guys, God bless, and we'll see you next time.